Hello, online family. My name is Matthew Malik, and I'm the lead pastor here at Refuge. We are so incredibly glad that you chose to tune in to the Refuge official podcast today. We believe the message you are about to hear will inspire you in a very meaningful way. We believe the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work in your life. And we believe that you'll hear from him today. Please enjoy. Well, the message title for this morning is Living in Hope. And this is actually part three. And the subtitle is Abounding in Hope. And we've actually been looking at Romans 15, 13. You can find your place that we're going to look at it in a minute. Romans 15, 13, hold your place there. Because we've been breaking this verse down. First week, we looked at the God of hope. Then last week, Deb and I, we were able to bring uh, the second part of the message where we were talking about uh, the joy and the peace in believing. That's a component of hope. And also, then today, we're looking at the last part of this, abounding in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, We've shared with you in defining hope. What is hope? The Greek word for hope in the Bible is alpes, and it actually means a desire of some good with an expectation of obtaining it, okay? And we, we stated, to make it real brief, hope is future expectation. It's future expectation, okay? Jeremiah 29, 11, many of you probably have a plaque at home with this verse on it, but it's a very familiar verse of the Bible for many. And it was actually given to Jeremiah and spoken through him during a time when the, na- when the nation was in great turmoil. And so I think it's appropriate even for the nation today in the turmoil that we're facing. But Jeremiah 29, 11, and I'm reading from the Common English Bible, the Common English Bible, and it reads, I know the plans I have in mind for you, declares the Lord. There are plans for peace, not disaster, to give you a future filled with hope, to give you a future filled with hope. Can you receive that this morning? Hope is future expectation. God wants to give you a future filled with hope. Can I get an amen from somebody? Write this down if you're taking notes. Let your hopes, not your hurts, shape your future. Let your hopes, not your hurts, shape your future. You see, hope is being able to see that there is light despite of all the darkness that's around you. And in fact, hope is something you don't leave home without. Take hope with you. See, my hope is in God. And I trust that your hope is also in God. And if not, you can determine that today. Psalms 43 verse 5, the psalmist is expressing, is actually, I'm getting tongue-tied here, folks. And you know something? Another little story. That's one of the reasons, you know, I, years ago, when God called me to be a pastor, I said, you got the wrong one. I have the speech impediment. I get tongue-tied at times. Um, but God's helped me to navigate through that and answer the call in spite of it, okay? So um, just bear with me if I get a little excited. All right. Where was I? My hope is in God. The psalmist was getting discouraged. And so what did he say in his discouragement? Psalms 43 verse 5. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? 
Notice what he says. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. See, he determined that he was going to put his hope in God. We need to determine that as well for our lives. Again, living in hope is a theme for 2021. And we understand that God is the author of hope. By his design, he created mankind to be creatures of hope. What sustains a man in the midst of trouble and disappointments in life, in this present life, is hope. The key scripture for this series is found in Romans 15, 13. And if you still have your place, let's look at that. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Now understand that both joy and peace are obtained through believing. Okay? God's joy and peace produces hope in us. The outcome of joy and peace in believing is the foundation for abounding hope. Abounding in the Greek is excelling, to be over and above. It means overflow, to exceed the ordinary. It indicates an abundance of of surplus, to exceed, to go beyond the expected measure, above and beyond, and surplus. And so that is the meaning of this word abound. And that sounds good because God wants to do some abounding in our lives. So my, my message today is going to give you three points on how to abound in hope. How to abound in hope. Point number one, to abound in hope, you need to establish the word of God as the foundation of your hope. Establish the word of God as the foundation of your hope. See, every building needs a foundation. Any significant structure needs a foundation. And if the foundation is faulty, what's built upon that will not stand, okay? And so the word of God needs to be the foundation of your hope. The English word hope is actually found 164 times, actually 164 verses in the English Standard Version of the Bible. And so it's, it's there a lot. And it's encouraging when you begin to read through the scriptures, especially since this is our theme, hope is going to jump out at you through the, from the page of the Bible. At least it does for me in my reading. And anytime I see a verse that has hope in it, it kind of jumps off the page. And I, I look at it with more intention. And I'm more, you know, intentional on, on seeing what does this really say? What is this speaking to me? And I encourage you to do the same. Um, have you made the word of God your final authority? the final authority in your life. Because I believe that's something that every believer needs to come to. And sometimes when I I speak or counsel with uh, believers or Christians that are struggling in their walk with God, I found it's often because they have not made the word of God the final authority in their life. They haven't come to the place to believe that this is God's spoken word to them. That this word is so significant. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word's going to abide forever. That his word, according to Hebrews 4.12, states that it's more powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. This word is full of power. This word is full of life. When you receive the word of God, it will establish a foundation 
in your life. When you believe it, it will establish the work of God in your life, okay? So make the word of God the final authority in your life. Settle that issue. If God said it, then believe it, and that should settle it for you, okay? And so it's through the scriptures that we have hope. Your hope foundation is based on what God has said. See, not what man has said. So often we're more moved by what man is saying than what God is saying. It's hope in what God has promised us. The word of God is the foundation of hope. And we can back up in Romans 15 and we can look at verse 4 and we actually see this in Romans 15. Romans 15, 4 states, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. That's in reference to the word of God, the Bible. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So right there, through the encouragement, what we see written is what gives us hope. Okay, so spend time reading the Bible. In fact, if when you are really going through a difficult time, I encourage you to turn to the Psalms. Because I, I think you can identify with David and some of what he went through when he was in, in times of despair where he reached out to God and God gave him amazing things to speak to encourage himself and to encourage us even today. So we encourage you along those lines. Write down Psalms 119 verse 114. Psalms 119 verse 114, it says, You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. God's word is my source of hope. Is God's word your source of hope? That's the New Living Translation. And then I like Hebrews 10.23. It says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. See, now there's an aspect of Christianity that not every believer understands. And that is, it's the, it's the knowledge that our spoken words have power. What you say, what you speak has power. The scripture says in Proverbs that death and life is in the power of the tongue. So when you speak the words, when the confession of your lips is speaking the hope and the promises of God, that's doing something. It's releasing the force of God to begin to work on your behalf. So, point number two, how to abound in hope? Stand and rejoice in the hope of God's glory. That's point number two. Stand, I'm not telling you to stand right now, but, you know, figuratively, okay? Stand and rejoice in the hope of God's glory. Now, what does this mean? Well, it means we have a confident expectation that God is going to show up in our life when we need him the most, okay? In fact, God's glory is his weighty presence. It's really an encounter with him. And let's, let's look at this in Romans 5, uh, verses 1 through 5. And here we see a lot packed into these verses. But it's going to help us to understand hope and its impact in our lives in a greater way. Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 1, it says, Therefore, and, and I'll just put this out there. When a, a sentence starts out with therefore, it's good to look back at the previous chapter, what was said. But we won't do that today. We're going to just start at verse 1, okay? Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, we know that justification, the real meaning of that word, to be justified, is just as if you never sinned from God's standpoint. When he justifies the sinner, he wipes their sin away, okay? And that's something we don't do by good works. That's something we do by faith. It's trusting and believing in what Jesus did for us, okay? And so we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the question I like to ask people, have you made your peace with God? You need to do that if you haven't, okay? And so the foundation we see here is right relationship with God. And then verse 2 goes on to say, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And, that, and that's point number two that we're bringing out here. We stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. See, we have access into a place where we can receive God's enablement in our lives so that we can stand in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of turmoil and trouble. And the hope of God's glory is what God does in revealing himself to us in that situation. Now, Romans 5.2 in the Good News Translation reads a little different. We're going to look at it in that just a moment here. Uh, Romans 5.2 says, He has brought us by faith into this experience of God's grace in which we now live. And so we boast in the hope we have of sharing God's glory. Wow. See, you might say, is that, are we supposed to boast? Is that Christian? You know, in this case, the scripture encourages us to boast. It's something we can get excited about in a godly sense that we can share God's glory. Now, you may have heard it said, some people say, well, God doesn't share his glory with anyone. Well, here the scripture says he does. He wants to share his glory with you because what his glory essentially is, is his weighty presence. It's when his presence manifests in your life to bring breakthrough, to bring healing, to bring deliverance, to break addictions. When his glory shows up, hearts change, lives change. They're transformed in his presence. And he wants to bring transformation. See, he loves you too much to leave you in the same condition that you are when you first came to him. He wants to change you. He wants to transform you. And that happens when he shares his glory with you, when he shares his presence with you, when you encounter him. Reading on, going back to verse 3, and I'm reading this one from the New King James Version. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Oh, gosh. What? Hey, I like that first part. I'd rather glory in God's presence and share his glory. But what about this tribulation thing? Well, there's a reason we can glory in tribulation. Notice what it goes on to say. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. In other words, that tribulation is going to bring a good outcome in your life if you allow God in the midst of that. And verse 4 says, and perseverance, character. And character, notice, hope. See, the ultimate end, it, it brings it right to hope. When you're going through a test or a trial and you begin to uh, experience this hardship or this difficulty, then perseverance kicks in that begins to impact your character and deal with some of the character flaws so that you can be more Christ-like in your character 
And then it brings you to this place of hope, future expectation. Now, notice verse 5. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. See, you'll not be disappointed because your hope is something that is infused by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gets involved in your life. Not just the person of the Spirit, but the power of the Spirit gets involved in your life in this whole process. So we see a progression in Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. First, right relationship, access to his grace, character building, and then hope. To top it off, the outpouring of God's love. Again, because of the love of God that has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Now, we need to understand that we see that the Scripture links tribulation, or we could say suffering, to hope. Okay? It's when you endure hardship or difficulty is when you need hope the most. Okay? Um, anyone need hope right now? Okay. It's available and accessible to every one of us. Okay. Now, the goal of everything, including suffering, is hope. Many lose hope during times of tribulation, test, or trial. But God intends for tribulation to produce hope, not destroy it. See, hope is what gives your faith substance because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So how does hope grow? Or how does one grow hope or in hope during tribulation? The answer is God's love is poured out into our hearts through the spirit that's been given to us. And that brings us to point number three, how to abound in hope. Point number three, receive the power of the Holy Spirit. So I believe anything the Holy Spirit is involved in takes you beyond just your natural ability into his supernatural ability. See, you can be filled with the power of God's Spirit. And uh, you might say, well, Pastor, what does that look like? What does that mean? Well, we see the day of Pentecost, what occurred in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came. It was poured out upon the people. They were filled with the Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. There was an outpouring of God's Spirit that manifested His power in the way that brought them into the supernatural. But what we see in the Scripture, uh, one of the final statements that Jesus shared with His disciples before He ascended into heaven is found in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And in Acts 1, 8, Jesus said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Wow. I want to just have you pause for a moment and think about that passage. You will receive power. That word power in the Greek is dunamis. Dunamis which we get our modern-day word dynamite from. 
It's an explosive power. And the thing about dynamite, whatever you put it next to, when you light it, eventually, when it explodes, it changes. It won't be the same. And the dunamis power of God is to be exhibited and demonstrated in our lives because it will change the atmosphere around us. It will change situations and circumstances when that power is demonstrated or expressed. Now, in Acts 2, verse 33, this was after the experience in the upper room and the 120 disciples were filled with the Spirit and it just broke out into the city and that day, this crowd came, gathered together. Peter got up and preached. And he said, these men are not drunk, as you suppose, but they've been filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? And uh, so this was uh, a sign and a wonder in the earth. God displaying his power in a way that had not been expressed before. And he got up and he began to preach. And 3,000 were saved that day, by the way. The, the church had a, a good fast start, Okay. Um, a jump start, we could say. Um, in verse 33 in Acts 2, it says, Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. In other words, Paul, uh, Peter, Paul wasn't wrong, he was still against the church, but Peter was sharing with the people, this is God's promise of his outpouring, of his spirit. And so uh, we see other scriptures, and there's so much more we could say about this. But one thing that's important to understand, that you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you ask, you can receive. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13, I believe it's verse 13, it says, how much more shall the Heavenly Father give the Spirit to those who ask Him, to those who believe? We can ask the Father for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Many of you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, but maybe you're here today and you haven't received that power of the Spirit in your life. See, our witness is significant in this earth. In 1 Peter 3.15, it reads, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. When we honor him as holy, that means we set him apart from all others. Okay? We honor Christ the Lord as holy. Notice what it goes on to say. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Now, what I want to say about this is people are going to notice the difference in your life. Because when you abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, your life will be different. You won't be average anymore, okay? And people are going to be asking the question, what's different about you? What is it that you have? You seem to be at peace. And we know that this is going wrong or that's going wrong. And they're going to ask you, what is the reason for the hope 
And your witness is to begin to tell them about Jesus and point them to the cross so that they can too receive. Now maybe you're dealing with what seems to be a hopeless situation. The danger of hopelessness is that it leads to reckless living, carelessness, depression, defeat. Now maybe you're in a place where you're separated from Christ, as we see in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, which says we were once without hope and without God in this world. But I want to extend hope to you this morning. Hope in the promise of eternal life. Hope in the promise of forgiveness and cleansing from every wrong that you've ever done. Hope in the promise of a life of abundance. Jesus said, the thief, which is reference to the enemy, has come to kill, steal, and destroy in John 10.10. 10. Lord Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. See, the thing about God is he wants us to abound. He wants us to enjoy the abundant life, abound in life, abound in hope. And that's accessible to him today. I want you to go ahead and bow your heads at this time. And I'm going to extend an invitation to you because maybe, I don't want to take for granted whether you're listening and tuned in on a YouTube channel or you're seated in this auditorium. I don't want to take for granted that your life is right with God. Because if we'd end this service and I never gave an invitation for you to receive Jesus and something would happen to you, that would be on me. But I believe that in extending an invitation to you to make you peace with God is appropriate for this moment of time. And I believe there's some people here that you could honestly say, I'm not at peace with God. In fact, maybe you're mad at God. Maybe you just, I'm here because somebody dragged me to the service. I just happened to come upon this YouTube channel to see this preacher. Whatever the reason, maybe in a place where you seem like you're so far from God. Maybe in a place where it doesn't seem like God really cares for you. But I can promise you, if you open your heart to him, you will encounter his love. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God wants to give you life. He wants to reveal himself to you. Not in a religion, but in a relationship. A meaningful relationship. There's somebody here, and I sense by the Spirit of God that just two days ago, maybe just a couple days ago or more, you were just ready to give up. And you said, I just can't go on anymore. I just can't deal with this. 
whatever the situation is, whatever the circumstance is, it's like you've got to the end of the rope and you just don't know what you're going to do. Well, in that moment, God heard you cry and he knows who you are. And he's going to break through on your behalf and he's going to show himself strong. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, you know, I don't know that my life is right with God. If I were to die today, I really don't know that I've made my peace with him. But I'm ready to and willing to. I'm ready and willing to surrender my heart and life to him and just lay it on the line and invite Jesus into my heart to be the Lord of my life. If that's you this morning, just lift, lift your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm willing to surrender my life to Jesus to commit my life to him as Lord. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Wow. I want us to stand together, okay? There's a few people that lifted their hands, and, and this is the moment. This is the moment that God is going to show up in their lives. The Holy Spirit is here and he's wanting to move in a significant way. So I'm going to lead everyone in what we call a believer's prayer. And this is simply a prayer that you can pray to acknowledge Jesus as your Lord, confess him as your Lord with a heartfelt belief, embracing what he did on the cross for you in his death, in his burial, and his resurrection. So if you would, repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I surrender my heart and my life to you. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Lord Jesus Christ, I put my faith in you right now. I believe you died for my sins on the cross and you rose from the dead to give me life. I believe in you and I confess you now as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins and make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name. Now in your own words, talk to him. Just talk to him because he's listening. He hears your cry. He sees your heart. And he's responding to you today. Lord, I just pray for those that lifted their hands and everyone in this room, those tuned in online. Oh, God, that you'd move by your spirit. Lord, it's your word that was sent to save, to heal, to deliver. And I thank you that it shall not return void. I thank you, Father, that you're doing something significant even in this moment. Father, let our hearts receive all that you have for us in Jesus' name. Now in a moment, we're going to have the prayer team come up here. So anyone that raised their hand, we're going to invite you to the front. Anyone else needing prayer? And maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Matt, I really desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is available to you as a gift that you can receive. 
to equip you, to empower you to live this life out in Christ. And so I'm going to close and I'm going to pray a general prayer for us to receive the Holy Spirit. And then the prayer team will be up here to pray with anyone else that would have any need whatsoever that desires prayer. Let's join our faith together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your promise. We thank you for the provision that you made. We thank you for the gift of the Spirit which you promised to fill us with power. For you said we shall receive power. Holy Spirit, now we ask that you fill us. Father, we believe and we receive the promise of the Father. Fill us now with your Spirit. For you said, Father, if we ask, we shall receive. If we seek, we shall find. If we knock, the door will be open. And how much more shall the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who believe? In Jesus' name, fill us now. Lift your hands towards God and just say, Father, I receive the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, fill me now with your power. Fill me now with your presence. Fill me now with your love. Hallelujah. For the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. That means it's poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that he's given to us. So today, by the power of the Spirit, you will abound in hope. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you so for being so attentive to the Lord. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the Refuge Official Podcast. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to receive from the Lord today. If you chose to give your life to Jesus today or would like to find more of our content, we would love for you to get connected with us on our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing week.